Every day is filled with choices. You're here because you're choosing to start with a win. Get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and connect with the Win Nation. And what's up, everybody? Producer Mark here with Start With a Win in our Start With a Win bunkers. <laughs> here we are. And hey, you know, today we got a special guest. Today we have none other than the CEO of Remax, Adam Contos. Welcome him to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> Adam. That- Hi, Mark. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. This is kind of awkward. <laughs> Well, you know, hey, we've been talking about podcasting. We've been talking about creating uh, solo cast. We have a lot of great interviews on this on this show. And uh, you and I thought we're, we we said, you know, hey, why don't we just interview you? You know, we don't ever get to hear from you on this side of the uh, the mic in the sense of I never get to ask you questions about certain things. We kind of discuss topics and we we talk about those topics, but I actually just wanted to interview you, get to know you a little bit better. Uh, a lot of our audience who maybe has tuned in in the past you know few months maybe don't know you that well. And so I would like to get into Adam's brain and understand who he is, how he ticks, and maybe we'll even do like a lightning round of some of your favorite things. Oh, wow. This should be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> this should or be it's going to be a complete train wreck, one or the other. <laughs> That's right. This episode may never make it to the end. <laughs> this might not happen. <laughs> we may be recording again after this, just so everybody knows. <laughs> That's right. We may redo this episode. So if, if you're viewing this, you're lucky. Yeah, this is take um, one. If we're actually, if everybody's still on it and you hear take one on here. That's right. This is it. This so, is it. Take one. All right. Here we go. Okay, so you are a leader. You have to lead all of your team members at the Remax World Headquarters. Uh, you're a leader to brokers, people who are buying franchises. You're a leader at home doing it with your family. And so I want to know what's the biggest area related to your role that you're curious about and why? You know, or what are some of the things you're uh, researching the most right now. It's a you, deep you just like went straight in. It, it it is because you know I think like what the heck like so, it goes I through know, that guy's head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you and I have been friends for several years, you know, and when I think about the pressure, when you really think about man, when when you have the CEO title, like you don't get to sleep. Your brain turns on at two in the morning and you start thinking about stuff and it's like, oh crap, I need to write this stuff down or I need to make sure I do these things. And I think that a lot of people might be encouraged by some of your answers to these questions uh, and then be able to implement those things into their own businesses and with their own teams. Okay. So I'll jump right into that one. This is, you're, you're right. First of all, running a business, running a company. And I I actually had this conversation with somebody on a phone call right before I got on this recording, where we're talking about being a leader and being a CEO. I get to coach and mentor and and, and mastermind with a lot of different people who are are business leaders. And it's it's not easy because you generally don't get somebody to talk to. You've got to kind of work your way through the who, what, where, when, why of everything but ultimately what you're looking for is, you know, what's what's down inside, what's in their heart. If you can harness the heart of the people that you work with, if you can understand their feelings, um, have mm. an extreme amount of emotional intelligence and an extreme amount of 
emotional maturity. And I'll, I'll break both of those things down here in a second. You know, to understand what they need, what's going on inside of them without them telling you, then you can, you can act appropriately in order to help them find greater fulfillment. There's so much psychology in leadership and so much uh, emotional intelligence, so much emotional maturity in leadership that that's what I really, I look at so much, you know, every time I talk to somebody or when I'm laying there with my eyes wide open in bed thinking, okay, how is this person? I mean, that's just, that, that really more than anything is what goes through my head is how is this person? And it, you know, you kind of bounce around amongst different people or how is this group of people? Mm-hmm. Because if you can harness the head and the heart together, you can create your messaging. You can say things that people appreciate instead of things that people either discard or distracts them, or they just, they don't like, and you can gain that that influence to get things accomplished. Because that's really what your job is. Your job is to help people find that internal energy, that fire burning inside their heart in order to get things done that make them better, that, yeah. that build the business, that help other people, things like that. So that that's probably, you know, when, when you think about it conceptually, that's what I think about more than anything is, you know, where's this person? How are they? And how can I help them go deeper into those emotions in order to create great things for themselves. Right. And I think that's so powerful. You know, that's something that I think about, you know, as the owner of a business with a team, because we're only as strong or we're only as good as our team is, right? I mean, so if we can motivate our team members and our leaders so that they can motivate the people under them, then we have a strong company, right? We have a strong bond and we have people who are are loyal to the brand and want to spend their time and energy to grow it and make it into something great. And so I think that makes sense to me that that you're constantly thinking about the individual, you know, the team, the group, and to seeing like what you can do to put a fire in their belly so that they can do, you know, great work. Yes. I, I, I heard it put really well in this, um, this training program that I'm, I'm going through right now, where what we do is we, we attract, we diagnose, and then we prescribe is, is just this simple process we go through. It's, it's vague and it, ha- it gets more specific as you apply it to a human being and their challenges, but you attract their attention, you attract their being and, and their participation and things like that. You diagnose their challenges and then you prescribe something that, that's not a Band-Aid, it's a painkiller. Mm-hmm. You, you look at it, you think about like, you know, when you're a kid or something or your, your, your children or whatever, if they slip and fall and skin their knee or whatever, um, they come in and they're like, I want a bandaid. And, and really what they, they don't want a bandaid. They want to fix hmm. for what's going on. But the only thing that people know is to put a bandaid on it, which is very superfluous in, in solving people's challenges and helping them. And what they really want is they want the entire problem to go away and there to be a massive fix for it, but they don't know how to ask for that. And that's our job as leaders is, is to, to get as deep as we possibly can in order to create the greatest amount of fulfillment instead of a superfluous you know, appearance of a solution to things. Mm. And that's ultimately where businesses grow is when you can attach deeper into people than not what they say they want, but what they truly need. Yeah. What were the two things I wanted to go back real quick? You said it was emotional intelligence and what was the other one? Emotional maturity. What are those? Explain those to me. 
emotional intelligence is essentially your ability to understand other people's feelings, to recognize and understand their feelings. Mm, that's huge. I think a lot of people lack that, especially oh, totally. leaders. And the reason for that, Mark, is most people think inward. They think towards themselves instead of outward towards others. Wow. Okay, so that's emotional intelligence. Emotional maturity. Emotional maturity is essentially your ability to make decisions. So what, what you decide you need to do at that moment, what you need to say, what you need to ask if you know you need to dig deeper ask good questions but ultimately it's it's your decision making so you're recognizing their feelings you're recognizing their emotions and their being and then you are making decisions based upon what needs to happen and you don't have to have somebody on the other end of this this transaction in order for that to occur because ultimately like you know your time management is emotional maturity how you choose to go through the day, you know, let's say you're by yourself and you don't see another human being, but you have to accomplish things. You have to make decisions. That decision management process is emotional maturity. So it could be, oh, I'm going to just sit down and watch a movie as opposed to go and get my work done. Mm. That's emotionally immature because you're not making the decision to go and accomplish the things that you know need to get done. You're taking the easy way out and doing the things that don't show resistance in your world. Dude, we're going to have to do a whole podcast on those two topics. Uh, So I'm going to make a note here that we're going to do a whole show around emotional intelligence and emotional maturity because I feel like we could really dive deep on some of those things. And, you know, I know a lot of my real estate agent friends, they struggle a lot with emotional maturity, you know, especially being their own boss, doing whatever they want to do. And then they have to decide like, oh, do I do research and like understand this contract better or do I go get coffee and like hang out with a friend, you know? And so they're always like fighting those things. Uh, and so I, I love that. And, um, I think we should do a a show on that. So I'll make a note about that and we'll, we'll come back to that at a later episode. Um, another thing I want to, I want to chat with you about, uh, and I think that a lot of people may not know this is that you went back to college to get your MBA uh, a few years ago, uh, as an adult, (laughs) you chose to go back to college. So I have a few questions. One is, why did you do that? What did you learn about doing something that seems difficult uh, to do as an adult? And then three, how has that experience benefited you? So let's start out with, let's just explain why did you, why did you do that? Why did you go back to school as you know, mid-40s to get your MBA? All right. So I, I was kind of working, you know, progressing in, in leadership positions throughout uh, Remax. And I was sitting there talking to Dave Linegar, the co-founder of the company, who's also been a mentor of mine. It uh, also was the, he's Mr. Remax. And I was sitting there talking to him and, and he said, look, Adam, your leadership is really developing well, but really, truly, you know, we're a public company. There's a, a high level of sophistication that is required in order to run a public company. So if you ever want to do this, you probably need to have a college degree. Because I, I dropped out twice. I probably had enough credit hours where I could go back and finish up my degree. But ultimately, I, I, I never finished it. And he goes, I think you need to go accomplish something like that. And I said, well, go get my bachelor's degree. And he goes, no, 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 go get your MBA. And I go, oh, great. All right. You know, I always thought that was this huge hill to climb. I mean, it's, you know, you go to business school and you're like, geez, this is 
this is crazy. I can go do the, I can go sell stuff and do marketing and all the rest of that all day long. And I've been through a bunch of leadership institutes and whatever it might be. But ultimately he goes, go do that and see what you can find out about yourself. And I thought, this is a very wise man telling me this. Mm. And I'm not one to overlook good advice. So sure enough, I went out and I did that. And, you know, he truly, you know, he, he wanted me to do that so that I had the opportunity to be in the selection process to uh, possibly be the CEO of the company. And I'd gotten to the point where, you know, if, if I don't have that, then okay, well, I'm obviously up against other candidates who do have that. How do I go and, and make myself the best I possibly can be? So I went and I got my MBA and it was, uh, it's easier to say it that way than it was to actually go do it. But um, so I, I just picked up the phone and called around and said, Hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here at Remax. And they're like, okay. And I had enough leadership experience and business experience where people are like, absolutely. You can, uh, you can test out of your bachelor's degree, not finishing that you'd write an essay and things like that. And then the school says, sure, we'll put you in the business school for the, for the MBA program. So I uh, applied to DU and which was, was close. It's a very reputable school. And I did a lot of research on the different schools. And I thought that that one would be fantastic, very entrepreneurial program. They have what's called an executive MBA program. So uh, I applied for it. And next thing I know, they, they said, yeah, we're starting in like a month and a half. Can you do it? And I go, uh, yeah. So I, I went and I got a partial knee replacement right before then. So I'm hobbling around on a cane and uh, nothing like cramming a bunch of stuff into a very short period of time. Right. And then I went and started the MBA program while I was um, running marketing at Remax headquarters. So during that time, what did you like? I'm sure you were pushed further than you'd ever been before. I mean, I'm sure doing something like that, you're working a full-time job, you have a family, and then you're doing this MBA program. What are some things that you learned about yourself? Uh, and what are some things that you would like encourage somebody who is maybe thinking to themselves, oh, I'm too old to do that, or uh, that ship has sailed. You know, what, what, would, you, what would you say about that? Well, it, I, I guess it depends on how you view yourself right now. Uh, or how you view yourself before doing that. So I've always been a lifelong learner. And I, I believe, in fact, I just put out a video the other day about being a sponge. And that basically means that you take in information, but you also wring yourself out and you deploy that information where appropriate. And I've always mm. taken and done that. And that was, that was a piece of advice that I had gotten decades ago is if you want to continue to grow and continue to get better in society and in life and help more people you need to be the best sponge possible and learn. So I became a lifelong learner. So the whole MBA thing for me was like, oh, all right, I'm just going to go learn something else. I'm going to spend my hour or two a day that I normally spend learning working on business school. And then I'll, I'll go one day a week and you spend 10 hours there, you know, on that one day uh, during the week. And then they give you, you know, call it, I think it was like 20 some hours of homework a week, whatever it might be. So I just, I just adjusted myself through, uh, you know, we talked about emotional maturity, my choice management, Yeah. but I was really, really good at managing all my projects and all my choices for two years. And that was when I, I participated in the MBA program. Wow. And I'm, I'm sure during that time, I'm sure you, you probably 
you know, had to create a lot of systems and a lot of processes in order to like stay focused and do those things. And so, I mean, hats off to you, you know, for that. And, and, uh, you know, you're just a great example to anybody out there, anybody listening to say, listen, if you put your mind to something, there's nothing that you can't achieve, you know, no matter how old you are, it doesn't matter. If you put in the work and you set your mind game over, like you can do it. So I I think that's cool, man. That's that's it. It's life and and success. Obviously, there are certain physical things that you can and can't do based upon your current condition. You've got the ability to put yourself in a situation where you accomplish pretty much anything you want to do, including going in and finishing a college degree, or maybe you didn't even finish high school. Go do it, but mm-hmm. you know, go accomplish something. But ultimately, I have to tell you, learning is not that hard. If you want to learn, if you take and you put these systems in place and it's really, you go get an MBA, probably about 40% what you learn, but 60% how you learn. You're learning how to benchmark, how to do program and, and uh, you know, different project management philosophies, how to deal with other people. There's a lot of leadership principles in it, presentation skills, things of that nature where you're actually doing things. So it's not necessarily what you're learning. It's learning how to do Hmm. that you get out of these. And I I look back at even, you know, like a a bachelor's degree or an associate's degree or something like that. And they don't tell you that when you walk in the door. Okay. We're not as much interested in what you learn. We're interested in how you learn and getting you used to do, doing these things that society needs you to do in order to progress yourself, your career, your, your family, your lifestyle, whatever and find a greater level for yourself of, of where you want to get to. So, um, because that's what opens doors is your ability to do things, not necessarily what you know. Cause if you can do things, you can go figure out what you need to do. That's right. So yeah. it, it was, it was fun. But, um, the hard part is I like to challenge myself. You know, I, I, I was like, all right, let's see, let's see how good you can do with this instead of just, I just want to pass. Nope. Let's see how yeah, good you What was you your can. GPA? I got a 4.0. Four and I'm proud of that <laughs> because I got to tell you, this, this was, if I can, you know, two-time college dropout, if I can go get a 4.0 at one of the best business schools around, for crying out loud, why can't anybody else? And it's the, simply put, it's are you applying yourself the way that you need to? And you can do anything you want. Mm-hmm. Anything. You just got to do yeah, dude, that's so encouraging. That's so awesome. All right. Hey, this is another question. If you could turn back the time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell him? Wow. I, I have a lot of lessons for him. <laughs> a lot of lessons. But you know what? Um, I, I have to say this. Regret is a powerful thing. And I, I'll just start with, I don't regret anything in life. Hmm. What I would tell myself, though, is keep better track of the relationships that you have right now and those that you move forward with. Because we have so much that comes and goes in life. And it took me a while to figure out that the foundation for your experiences in life that you end up with. Life is not about tangible items. Life is not about what can you buy. Life is about what can you experience. So 
to look at it that way and understand the the value of the human beings that you get to spend time with, I think it took me a while to figure that out. Because you just kind of go through life and there's, you know, just ants in the anthill and you're another ant in the anthill and you're like, oh, there's other ants. But if you stop and actually go, hey, Mark, how are you today? Tell me about you. You know, I'm interested in you and learning about you and caring about you and things like that because I want to get close to other human beings because they're amazing. They're truly amazing. And I think I, I always like to help people, but I never really got to understand people as what, what did you go do? Where did you grow up? Why did you grow up there? What, what was that about? Things like that. And I think, I think, you know, that's, that's a period that, or a period of life that we miss is understanding that, that deep connection and reflection that we can mm. have. So I, 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 I would tell myself that. Mm, that's, that's powerful. That's really good. All right. If you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Wow. <laughs> Double Eagle Steakhouse. Calamari appetizer. <laughs> Whoa, that's a good one. All right. All right. So I, I would have to say um, Steve Jobs would be one of them. Okay. That's a, that's a good one. That is a solid yeah. one. Yeah. So, uh, you know, because that guy... When you look at how he thought and, you know, he's maverick attitude, but genius, just genius. I certainly think he would be amazing to sit down with. Another one I would say is Aristotle. Oh, look at you, the philosopher. I, I just, I'm, I'm blown away by why Plato, Socrates, and Aristotle were able to take and understand human nature the way that they did and talk about how humans think the the brain the you know the philosophies our habits such long time ago oh yeah like the profoundness that those guys had hundreds and hundreds of years ago is amazing number 3 i i could probably list another 10 now that i'm just kind of <laughs> racking my brain on this Okay, those two are um, dead. Do you have anybody living you'd want to have? Uh... Somebody, you know what? I, I would like to, I, I like global perspective, mm-hmm. just absolute global perspective. I, I think probably, I would say the Pope. Ah. That'd be kind of an interesting one. I grew up Catholic, not necessarily currently practicing Catholic, <laughs> but um, you know, it, it, the, realistically, you look at the transformation that that man has taken the, the Catholic church through mm-hmm. and to sit down and say, because he broke loose from a lot of philosophical arguments that that organization has had over centuries of, okay, we're going to live, we're going to, we're going to run our organization this way. And he's kind of said, Nope, Nope, we're going to move on. And we're going to do things differently now. So I think that would be, that would be fascinating. Yeah, I, I could I can name a whole bunch of different sports yeah. figures or, or artists or whatever that I think would be amazing. But just I like to get in people's heads and listen to why they say what they do. You know, I like Warren Buffett would be a good one to, to have sit yeah. down and have dinner with. You know, Elon Musk, fascinating, fascinating thought. Maybe process. we get Elon on the podcast here. Yeah, there you go. See what you can do, Mark. <laughs> All right. I'll look into it. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, I want to go into a lightning round real quick. So I'm just going to ask you a few questions about uh, things that you like uh, so we can get to know you. Uh, what's your favorite color? Favorite color? I like this burgundy that I'm wearing right now. That's a good color on you. I was going to say, it, it matches nice with your background today, that brown Thank you. And burgundy shirt. <laughs> I'm kind of a fan of the burgundy. <laughs> yeah, it's it, you know, it's, it, or you could call it like a Merlot or something like that. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. Sauvignon. Uh, what's your favorite food? <laughs> Steak. 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 A favorite adult beverage? Uh, I don't drink adult beverages. Okay. Straight um, edge. I like it. I will. I mean, I had a beer last weekend, but <laughs> okay. it's because I had a cigar and I, I was like, I haven't had a cigar forever, so I might as well have a beer. I haven't <laughs> okay. had one of those forever either. So All right. uh, <laughs> your first car. Uh, it was a, a Ford Fairmont, I think. Oh, first job. 76. Uh, first job. <laughs> Uh, I washed dishes at Country Kitchen, which was a breakfast place when I was 14. I remember the Country Kitchen. Favorite candy? I'm going to go with the... you're a cookie uh, guy. I know you're a cookie I, guy. I, li- I like a good cookie, Mark. <laughs> you, you've you seen me sample a cookie or two. Yes. Okay. What about uh, favorite workout? Favorite workout? Yeah. Are we doing upper body, legs? What's going on? Abs? <laughs> You know, I, I like the whole body at, at the gym. I'll do a whole body if I have like an hour and a half. Just get it all done. Just get it all done. I'll, I'll do large muscle groups. I'll start with legs and and then I'll, then I'll go to chest, back, and then arms. Boom. Okay. Favorite music? I like classical. A little Baroque. Get your I mind. Like, I do like some Baroque. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Love the Baroque. Awesome. Well, hey, man, thanks so much for being on the show today. You know, we like to wrap up every show with asking our guests this one question. Adam Contos, how do you start with a win? Mark, I get I get up every morning at 445. It used to be 430, by the way. So now, you know, COVID is 445. And I start my day with a German shepherd nose in my face. When my alarm goes off, Seymour comes over and greets me and says, hey, dad, time to get up and go to the gym. Grab a cup of coffee. Kelly's up by then. And we head out the door to the gym and get in a great workout. So, um, you know, get moving. Love the ones you're with and uh, hit the day hard. Well, hey, man. Uh, love producing the show with you. Uh, thankful for who you are and uh, just what you offer to everybody. And uh, thank you for listening to the show and uh, being a part of our community, the Win Nation. Um, hey, make sure to head over to iTunes and subscribe to the show, write a review and rate the show and uh, head over to startwiththewin.com. You can follow Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And remember, start with a win.